Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Fistful of Colors. Myself, Howell, Reed, and Chase in the studio once again to discuss the hottest grappling event of the summer. The question is, which event is it? Because there's so many of them, right? No easy choice, absolutely. But variety is a good thing. It is a good thing. Uh, so we've had a couple of big ones go recently, and we got a couple of uh, big ones on the horizon. Who wants to jump in? Who wants to uh, who wants to take one of the biggest events that we've been uh, that we've seen or see, about to see? Well, I feel like um, you know, for my money, I, I'm really really looking forward to this uh, Kasai coming up here, the Kasai Super Series. We got July Fourth, America's birthday. We're going to be <laughs> celebrating Kasai. Um, you know, so I think that that one's definitely the one that that, that sticks out for me. Um, First ever grappling event I could think of on Fourth of July. That's kind right. of a bold move. I'm interested to see how that, how it plays that plays out. Right, it is the a bold fireworks. Move, right? Will be going off in both ways. M- multiple, <laughs> no. multiple. <laughs> the bad puns coming out early. Let me save you there. I'm looking forward to fight to win 117. We have Kind of Duarte versus Gutenberg in the main event, but that's it's a, great a one. fully, fully stacked card as any San Diego event will be. Got Barrier Sheeta, Jenna Bishop, and Luisa Montero. Uh, so many others fighting on that card. I'm looking forward to fight to win as always. Yeah, the San Diego one. I think it's that got something sick. like over 20 black belt matches. That's insane. Because Ronaldo Jr. is making his debut. Which is going to be awesome. So Ronaldo Jr., who just got his black belt at the Podium of Worlds, is going to go up against the uh, the veteran from 9-9 Jiu-Jitsu, Sergio Rios. That's That's a really interesting match, right? Yeah, it's a great one. I think you know we, we've been watching Sergio. He's a veteran of the game. Uh, we've been, he's been out there for a while now, so it's a good stiff test for for a guy like Ronaldo. You know, we all, we know how successful he's been at the brown belt level. It's uh, not quite the same as we know at black belt. You know, it's definitely a, a, a step up in competition. So I think it's a great test for for Ronaldo, a guy who who has a bright bright future. And um, yeah, it should be a fun match. Sergio has a crazy, crazy game, so he always. You're always Sergio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, How's yeah. that? Yeah, he's he's very similar to um to Eduardo um, in that I didn't know what was going on. Eduardo <laughs> Tellez. Eduardo Tellez. Yeah. And I didn't know what was going on for a lot of the role. <laughs> but they they both those guys they have uh, you know some quirks that I'm not quite used to. Um, but super uh, unorthodox. But yeah, a lot yeah. of unorthodox techniques, but fun fun jujitsu nonetheless. Have you, either of you ever rolled with Ronaldo Jr.? Thankfully, no. Uh, (laughs) He did invite me to train, though. So uh, on the road to World's Tour, we stopped by Atos, and I did a little feature on Ronaldo. And afterwards, he was he was super uh, gracious and appreciative. But he also said, oh, "I would love to train with you one day." It's like, "Oh man, are you mad at me? Like, am I in trouble?" <laughs> it's hard to film. It's hard to film Ronaldo be- when at the gym because you got to be ready to go from one end of the gym to the other end of the gym and back. You know, like <laughs> those guys are just—he's all over the place. He is an absolute monster. Yeah, like we said, like something ridiculous, like twenty black belt matches uh, lined up for fight to win one. But that, that main event too—that main event, Kynan versus Gutenberg. I mean, hey, it doesn't get much bigger than that. We've been calling it the Huge. Kynan era, right? He's he's made his mark already uh, on the black belt divisions, world champion. So I mean, another world champion to fight to win. That's so cool. So. Yep, yep. Kynan, you know, has just been on fire out there, and you know, Gutenberg is um, is great. He's a little bit bigger than Kynan. He'll he'll be a little bit um, you know have the size advantage for sure, probably. So it's a it's a great test for for Kynan. It's a great match. Going off Kynan's recent performance in Moscow, though, I'd have to say it's probably not going to be that much of a factor because remember Kynan Duarte. He entered the heavyweight King of Mats uh, in the, the AJP Tour, the Grand Slam in Moscow, and turned up and in his first match submitted 
the gigantic, the 250-pounder Joao Gabriel Hocha with a guillotine. Got to watch that guillotine for sure. Yeah, that, that's, that's match of the year for me right now. I mean, there's a lot of contenders, but that was so crazy because he was down on points. He's being thrown kind around. Of, he was getting, like, hucked about, right? And then just came back and submitted him. It's insane. In, in a six-minute yeah. match, no less. So yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, not many people tap out Joao Gabriel. Like, I think I can count two. And that's like Bouchesher and... I, I think Leandro tapped him with a toehold that time, right? Yeah, That's right. Hands. You yeah. know, almost never see him like get submitted. So for Kainer to do true. that was incredible. But um, Gutenberg was kind of yeah, definitely a really interesting match. And uh, Kainer kind of getting you know more and more involved in this sub only scene as well, right? Because Gutenberg he's a, a previous champion until he, he lost the belt to Herbert recently, right? In that main, mm. main event in Chicago. But uh, Gutenberg he's had quite a few fight to win appearances now. But Kainen, he only had the one match against Tanner Rice. Like fight to win one thirteen, I want to say. That wasn't so long ago. That was just a uh, May, before right Worlds. before Worlds. Yeah. May, yeah, it was like a week, a week or so before Worlds. Incredible. Remind so. me, how did how did Gutenberg do at Worlds? I'm, I'm I want to say he lost in the quarters. Blank, lost in the quarters or something. Man, I can't even remember how that was played exactly. out. Put me super on the spot heavyweight. here. Sorry, I, know, super, I can't remember. Yeah, he did super heavyweight, yeah. and I don't remember seeing him on the podium. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, man, it just goes to show. I mean, I, I think Gutenberg's struggled a little bit here at Black Belt to find his footing and mm. um, Kynan's kind of gone the exact opposite route and, and he's just stormed on so um, yeah that'll be a great match I'm really looking forward to 10 minutes submission only both those guys have some good submissions hometown advantage for Kynan now right being in San Diego that's uh, that's going to be good because you can see this it's absolutely loaded with guys from Atos and Alliance and Gracie Maitar, all the big teams are being really well represented and stuff. Um, got some really interesting matches, like top to bottom on this card, actually. So I think that's definite contender for one of the hottest events of the summer, right? 100%. But I think before we get too far into the future, we should we should look back at what went down last weekend because there was a crazy event in Houston, uh, Third Coast Grappling 2, just their second event, and they had like 15 all-star black belt matches. Of course, Nicholas Marigali versus Cyborg being the main event. Marigal again, that sweet loop choke, uh, submitting Cyborg. Who, oh, how you told me an uh, interesting fact. When was the last time Cyborg was submitted, or it was like two times in the last seven years, or exactly something yeah. crazy? He's been submitted twice in like seven years. That, that's, yeah. that, that is how tough Cyborg is. You know, I mean, everybody knows that he's one of the best. Like, you know, it's a legend, right? Uh, it's kind of funny though that Cyborg's. Can you believe he's never won a black belt world title in the gi? It is crazy. It is. I mean, ACC champion. He's like, I I want to say, five-time world no-gi champion. And he's always been right there, but he's never quite managed to get that gold medal in the gi. So, for me, it was an incredible step up, you know, that Cyborg took this match on late notice after Keenan got injured. 38 years of age, stepping up against the guy who's just come off winning the world championship by submitting Muhammad Ali in the final. A two-time world champion, no less. Mm. 13 years younger than him. And Cyborg's like... I'll take that match. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Let's <laughs> go. How gangster is that? Yeah. It really is. Because let's be honest, I think the list of people willing to take Marigali on in the gi, it's very, very short, right? Because you kind of know what to expect. True. Yeah, he's a tall order for, for anybody. I mean, I think it's uh, he's the man to beat in that, that weight class and super heavy and, and up. So uh, I love watching Marigali fight. But, man, there are so many good matches at night. And uh, the rule set was kind of crazy, though. I mean, I, I feel like it pushed the action. They had a. You could also win by a, a tech fall style rule where if you reached 11 points, you would win the match. But so there was a lot of there, confusion. Though. So, so over tell the me rules, a bit how right? it played out. Yeah, yeah. yeah because uh, honestly, like we've spoken to tons of people who watched the event, and they all said to us, "Wow, that was really cool." But what was up with those rules, right? Mm. And let's be honest, a number of the competitors 
weren't fully aware of the rules either. Like some made the effort to kind of really figure out what what they had to deal with, and others just turned up and were like, "Ah, oh, whatever, I'll just compete." Yeah, and it didn't quite work out, did it, Reed? Yeah, I think a lot of people was like, "Yeah, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, right? You have to figure it out, figure out the rules." But they they just had a slight slight difference in the rule set, and I think if if most people just kind of understood it, they'd they'd, um, they'd actually like them. I, I actually like what um, how how they do things now. And like you mentioned, the eleven point kind of tech fall rule which which is great it's basically just first person to 11 points kind of wins you know i think it takes it takes out some of the mismatches maybe if the guy's just way better you know or is it one guy's just like really difficult to submit or he's just playing defensive you know it makes those points to get it makes a guard pass that more that much more kind of there's a sense of urgency right yeah yeah exactly um so i I like that it made it made the the matches in regulation you know you couldn't let the guy score 11 points because if he scored 11 points match was over so it made those exactly like you said made those matches in regulation a little more urgent but i think a lot of the confusion lied in the overtime rules Mm. um because you know (coughs) excuse me Overtime is is still something in jujitsu where we're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out like how, what's the best way to uh, award somebody the win if there's no submission and if there's no clear winner. Um, you know that's something I think a lot of people are obviously exploring the, the submission overtime. There's a bunch of different only. variations, right? Yeah, because you got the the, the so classic overtime. It is hard overtime, to follow. Sometimes. Yeah, the, the classic overtime everybody thinks of is EBI, mm-hmm. and then Kasai have got their golden score, right? Which is kind of cool as well. Uh, both very different though. So. Third Coast was kind of somewhere in the middle. And I think that's yeah. what confused people because um, basically there was a coin toss and you could choose the starting position to start the overtime. But it wasn't uh, as simple as choose the back or choose the armbar like an EBI. And you also, you just got one shot because what happened was you flipped the coin and whoever won the coin toss, they could either choose the starting position and that is any position in Jiu-Jitsu yeah. without a submission, right? Just any position. Or you could choose top or bottom. So that was the option that whoever won the coin toss had. But then the person who lost the coin toss, they got to choose the other one. So if you chose top, they would choose the position. Mm -hmm. If I chose the position, you could choose top or bottom. So uh, a few guys, they were like, okay, cool. You know, um, I won the coin toss, I'll choose top. And the other guy was like, okay, so I'm going to choose close guard and just hold you in there and try, right? But we saw a little bit of a, a strategic error, right? The Roberto Jimenez fight against Pedro Mourinho, which was an incredible match, I have to say. That is definitely one to go back and to watch because it was incredible. Uh, man, I'm, I literally thought that Pedro was going to tear Roberto's head off those in some of those guillotine things, attacks. Those guillotines were brutal. I what do you have, like six or seven of them? Yeah, it was like every time Roberto shot, he was just riding to those guillotines and, and they looked deep. So, yeah, yeah. crazy one. So, Roberto wins the coin toss and he's like, great, I'm going to start in the back. And Pedro literally laughed. Like, literally, <laughs> awesome. I'm going to start on top. And takes Roberto's back, starts the overtime, gets the choke. So a little weird to call it top back position. That just sounds odd to me. Because yeah, like, yeah. I get you. Yeah, but I, but I see what you mean, though. But yeah, he gets yeah. the dominant yeah. position exactly, out of that, exactly. right? So uh, I think that was the match. That was like midway through the main card. After that point, everybody was very quickly figured out. Yeah. Ooh, probably yeah. better just to choose guard. Yeah. Be a bit more neutral. Yeah. yeah. Because yep. think about it, you, you win the coin toss and you choose mount, and the other guy's okay, I'm going to start on top. It's like, damn it! <laughs> so, so, definitely a tricky one. Yeah, but I, I think it all played out. They, like you said, after that match, I think a lot of people kind of really understood what was going on. So then you had people, you know, vying for top and bottom and, you know, vying for sweeps from, from guard or, or whatever it would be. So I, I liked how they, um, how they ended up kind of doing it. I think it made things a little, a little fair, a little more fair. Then uh, there was some... Um, 
you know, we have to mention as well that in in that in that show, of course, there was the uh, the big announcement midway mm, through the card course, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Gordon Ryan comes onto the stage. Of course, he's there to uh, support his girlfriend, Nat Santoro, and uh, his girlfriend he, or his sister. Something like Nobody that. knows. <laughs> Not sure. Only Big Gordon knows. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes onto the stage and they drop the nuclear bombshell that Gordon Ryan, Felipe Penner, three is going to take place December 7th on Third Coast Grappling in Houston. I don't think many people expected that, shall we say, right? 100%. And, you know, big, big credit to Felipe for even being willing to take that match. He's got nothing to prove. I mean, he, he can make Gordon suffer, just sit on those two wins forever and say, you know, meet me in the super fight at ADCC if you want it. Two years from now. Two if years you get from there. now. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, he's a gamer, though, yeah, right? We 100%. had Edwin here last week, and he said the same thing. He's like, no, man, Felipe loves it. He wants to get in there. He wants to mix it up with Gordon and stuff. And, and he, I think, you know, let's be honest, right? Felipe's a kind of a quiet guy, you know. He doesn't respond much to the attacks. But you'd have to think that Gordon's just constant shit talking over the last two years has got to got end, got to get under his skin, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Gordon does that pretty well. He does. <laughs> not only Felipe, but with uh, quite Everybody. a few people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. any and all. Yeah. But for me, I, I'll watch that match a hundred times. You know, it's yeah. it's definitely an evolving give and take. I feel like Gordon. Uh, always brings a little bit different uh, puzzle for, for Felipe to unravel. You know, right there in ADCC, it was a super close match right until the end where Felipe did that sweet back take. So, kind of makes me wonder, though, how's it going to go this time? Because the two matches that they had already were both under such different circumstances. Mm-hmm. The first match was like a, a one-hour submission-only match, right? True, yes. And then the say. second match, obviously, this ADCC final, the absolute division. And then this time... Well, we're not even sure what the rules are going to be, whether they're going to stick with the third coast grappling, which is seven minutes uh, regulation with the tech fall, and then this five-minute overtime where you get to choose a position, or if they'll come up with a brand-new set of rules, you know, who knows, for you know, make a special, special case for this match. But that's going to be a factor, right? I would like to see longer than seven minutes, I think, for, for those two guys. Um, seven minutes is a, a fantastic sort of like standardized match time but we've seen that Gordon and Felipe's matches take a little bit of time to, to progress and work through the positions I would hate to see it cut short and end up in this weird kind of game of yeah. overtime so I'll be honest it's worth well, it right the longer matches are worth it I think occasionally so. with them too, with them too. <laughs> and I think uh, the last Kasai Pro event that we had in uh, in uh, April when uh, it was the, the 205 pound tournament I think that kind of showed as well that Felipe doesn't do great in shorter matches. Hmm. Those six-minute matches, he, he we never really saw, saw him get his game going, right? He didn't look like as True. good as we know he is. So I think Felipe is one of those guys who needs to warm up a little bit in the match, and the longer matches definitely play in his favor because, well, we saw how that played out, and he didn't do great at Kasai. You know, he, he actually got submitted by, by Tex and got his knee hurt really bad. So you know, I think a, a longer match definitely favors him, but... Interesting True. point. I hadn't even yeah. really thought about that. But mm. either way, definitely hype for, for the next Third Coast show. I did see on Instagram that uh, they were considering revamping the overtime rules slightly or making some changes. So we'll see how that plays out in general. I'm sure they got plenty of feedback from the competitors. But speaking of competitors, any matches from the uh, from the main card that, that stand out for you, ones that you really enjoyed? Man, I really liked Wagner Hosha versus Ethan Krellenston. That was a, that was a big Good question match. mark for me for both guys. You know, Ethan being sort of the, the young and up-and-coming Nogi specialist uh, also takes a lot from Wagner's game. You know, he uses a lot of the flow passing, a lot of the Kimura traps himself. Um, so Wagner, I, I want to see how he dealt with, like, the younger version of himself. And, man, he, he just kind of smoked him, if I'm being completely honest. I felt like he was in total control. Do you really? Think yeah. He smoked him? Wow. Yeah, I think he did. He passed his guard Strong one statement. time cleanly, had a couple <clears throat> near other passes. Uh, he... 
I mean, the, the leg lock attacks from Ethan were present, but Wagner never really got touched by them, truly. So yeah, I yeah, thought it was a really strong point. showing from Wagner. You know, Ethan looked great, and he's got a lot of years left, so I think he will be a dominant force. He's qualified for ADCC. You know, there's nothing taking, taking away nothing from Ethan. He's an amazing athlete, but I was really impressed with the way Wagner handled that match. How about you, Reed? Man, I think, um, you know, jiu-jitsu, we all know about, um, you know, what's going on in the East Coast. We all know what's going on uh, in the West Coast. You know, these big hubs in jiu-jitsu, you know. But I, I was glad to see um, that the Texas talent, you know, the, 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 third, third, the coast. third coast <laughs> talent, you know, um, came out and, and showed up and uh, I think blew a lot of people away. You know, um, specifically guys like um, William Tackett and Cody Steele, you know, I thought put put great performances on. You know, that Cody Steele versus um, DJ Jackson match was definitely one of the highlights of the night for me. That was a wild match. That was just a crazy, crazy match. And it was like one of the most grueling looking <laughs> matches. Um, you know, and then you had, um, you know, you had the whole Gracie Baja contingent over there. They have a, such a huge contingent, just a century. And, and Ignacio Neto and, and Lucas, Valente. Valente. Lucas Valente, you know. So I, I think it's cool. It's and, and like I said, uh, William Tackett, Cody Steele, like a lot of these guys, they're not just good Texas talent. These guys are are, are talent that um, that is rising, you know, on the, on the national, on the world level. William, especially, I think. Um, yeah, stuck up I, against I, anybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Mike Perez, you know, I think that was a sick match. He's a he's Damn a OG. I was going to say that. Oh, sorry, my bad. Ah, you got me. Yeah, no, it's Hib- Mars in there too. Hibamar, yeah, yeah. So a lot of Texas guys. Um, and so I thought that was cool. A lot um, of people forget that Perez is from Texas, right? Because he's been bouncing around for the last couple of years. Obviously, he was with Lloyd Irving for a long time on East Coast, and then he's been in San Diego for a, the longest time now. It's like six years or something. But yeah, Texas, born and bred, right? Yeah. From uh, from from near from KD no he's from KD yeah. he is yeah yeah so he's from right there next to Houston and that guillotine Jordan Holly I mentioned that guillotine that Perez slapped on Travis Moore was savage right what was it like 30 seconds 45 I think is what it ended Oof. up being something like that but um, take your time Mike <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was slick and I gotta say the one thing about Perez Smooth that grappling. really really surprised me as well is that I mean we've seen him compete at like 99 kilogram division in ADCC 2017, mm. right? And Perez always goes up against like bigger guys in his matches. And he was actually scheduled to face Jackson Souza, right? Mm-hmm. And Jackson had to pull out because he got injured. And so they had Travis Moore, a late, late replacement instead. And Travis is a big dude, probably a good 200 pound plus. And I saw Perez and the first thing I said to him was, damn dude, you look skinny. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm walking around like 175 right now. Well, he did over 99 at 2017 ADCC, right? Or maybe just 99? 99. 99. And the absolute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he did 99 kilos at, um, at ADCC 27. He's a gamer. Which yeah. is 218 pounds for those out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't weigh, doesn't weigh that much. But he, you know, he's walking around 175. But he's he's in, uh, the again, the under 99 kilogram at uh, ADCC, right? I think he's in 88, wasn't he? No, because no, you got Hulk in a, and Hinger in at 88. So I'm pretty sure, sure that Perez is doing 99. Cause, uh, I have to double check that. Yeah. 77? No way. No? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you got um, you got JT in at 77, so sure, I think sure. that Perez has gone up, but I could be wrong. Either way, Third Coast is a lot of fun. I had a, I had a ton of ton of fun watching those fun matches bit. from home. I was jealous you guys got to go, but I was also on the couch, which was so bad. But a few <laughs> of those guys are coming back right away. Wagner and true. both Craig Jones are coming to Kasai on July 4th with some tough matches there. Craig is taking on Tex Johnson, and Wagner is going to face – remind me, who's Wagner taking on? Uh, oh, he's actually Celsino Vinicius. So, yeah, switching gears. Uh, Kasai Super Series coming up next week, July 4th. 
uh, I'm really excited to this. Reed and I are heading out to Florida for this. And uh, the main event itself is one that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Dante Leon against uh, Renato Canuto. That's a match that I think that Dante has earned, right? Can we, can we say that's a fair thing a to say? A big wins that say in the past, absolutely. Yeah, submissions totally over, agree. Yeah, 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 submissions over Matthias Lutz and Edwin Najmi in his last couple super fights. That's... Uh, if anybody has earned the right to challenge Renato, and it isn't a title match, this is just you know to challenge the guy who's the guy, right? Renato is a two-time Kasai uh, tournament champion, and he's a, won a bunch of super fights as well. So he actually has the record for the most wins in Kasai. Really? Mm-hmm. Most appearances and the most wins. Doesn't surprise me. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Renato, I think, is the, is the face of Kasai, so it's definitely like... You know Dante's coming in trying to dethrone him, but I definitely do agree that he's the he's the the number one contender type of guy, if you, if you will. And uh, what I love most about this match is, man, like both these guys, I think don't can't be in a boring fight. Like I've never really seen either of them. Both of them, you know, are very different, you mm-hmm. know, but um, exciting in different ways. And um, I think you know when these two guys collide, it's it's just gonna it's gonna be. It's got fireworks oh, there it <laughs> written <is>. all over <laughs> it. <laughs> once more, once more. How many of these puns are you going to fit in today? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely hyped. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more that both are extremely athletic and, and competitive. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how Hanato's counterfighting uh, kind of factors into Dante's forward, forward pressure. That's yeah. all we see from Dante, and which I love. So, uh, I mean, Dante's a powerhouse, right? We know that. We, you know, he's he's small but extremely strong and I know, would not call that man small but that's <laughs> <laughs> well he's not he's not like a 250 pound monster but he lifts that kind of weight right mm-hmm. you know, we've seen videos of him on the site of him lifting like freaking 450 500 pounds or something and and you know he's just he's an absolute beast. monster uh Hanato is um he's but he's so elusive right Cat like yeah he really is he's like just his mobility and his and his agility just phenomenal but um it's interesting. I mentioned that Hanato's got 11 matches in Kasai, right? Eight wins, one loss, and two draws. And uh, that one loss, just a decision. I think it was via penalty point against Eddie Cummings, right? I want to say penalty yep, point? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, the person with the second most number of Kasai matches is Craig Jones. Craig Jones, who's facing Tex Johnson, um, also on the main card. And he's got 10 Kasai matches. Six wins, three losses, one draw. Craig versus Tex. What do we think? It's a crazy match. It's also a rematch. They they fought at EBI 14 uh, back at the end of 2017 and ah, Craig's breakout year where he submitted everyone with inside heel hooks in like 30 seconds. Yep, it was yep. a crazy campaign. Um, but Craig beat him. Yeah, yeah, Craig submitted Tex. Um, yeah. It was it was an awesome submission. But both guys' games have evolved a lot since then. You watch Craig now, and he's playing a lot more wrestling, a lot more. He's trying to play his top yeah. game more. And Tex has just refined his leg locks to a point where he submitted Felipe Pena. He became, uh, I think, maybe the quickest ever ADCC trials winner with a total match time of three minutes. You know, with four wins or something like that. So I think it was actually five wins. Five wins, yeah, exactly. It was so, so yeah, crazy. Two different kinds of athletes. I feel like uh, I don't know what to expect. You know, I'm, I'm trying to write this preview article right now. I'm like, man, what am I? What am I going to look for? What am I, I have see? a prediction. Okay, I think somebody's going home with a limp. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a definitely a classic like style versus style matchup. This is. Um, you know, a, a great match, I think, for both guys to show off what they're good at. You know, um, both guys have great leg locks. You know, Craig trains with Danaher, and, and we've obviously seen what Tex is capable of. He's capable of some scary stuff, you know, with, 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 that, with those leg locks. You know, he can, he can break limbs at, at, at any moment. Um, so I think that, like, 
you know, when we saw um, Craig versus Mateus, like like you said uh, this past weekend in Houston, it was primarily a wrestling match, right? Primarily a wrestling match between him, him and Mateus. And I don't think that's we're not going to see that at um, at Kasai. You know, both these guys I think uh, are going to want to get to their games. Tex doesn't usually wrestle too much. I think Craig will probably be fine with that, and and they'll probably try to get into some of those leg entanglements and and try to take some take a leg home. You know, yeah, and, and it's, absolutely. It's, it's a toss up to who can. Uh, who can do it? You know, Texas has been surging. Craig, Craig probably on paper is a, a little stronger, uh, has a stronger resume. But uh, you know, when when you when you got a guy like Tex yanking on your knees and stuff, anything can happen. It's interesting to see like um, the kind of the collision of the the leg lock games, right? Because originally Craig came out of Absolute MMA and doing a lot of work with Lockman Giles, but he's been traveling the world so much the last couple of years, and he's been spending a lot of time Danaher, right? Mm-hmm. And and Tex. Obviously, he uh, up until very recently, he'd been at Unity for a few years. And over the last, what, year, year and a half, I guess, he'd been training very, very intensively and, and, and learning all the intricate setups and entries from Eddie Cummings. Mm. Again, you know, originally one of the members of the Danaher Death Squad. So it's a, it's kind of a collision, isn't it? It's like, you know, True. the systems are all of a sudden yeah. gonna, they're coming together. Systems unite. So, yeah. te- so Texas Eddie told them all the secrets. Guess so. All the secrets from, from well, the we saw we saw a jump up in Texas leg lock game, right? I think that's fit. when Eddie moved over to Unity, which was in September. I remember we put the article on September, and then the ADTC trials was in November, which is when Texas right. leg locked everyone basically. And then of course Felipe was uh, in January or February, uh, April, April, sometime yes. in spring this year. Yeah, this year. So <laughs> you're right. There was a definite. Uh, you know, Texas had always been known one of those guys. You never let him grab your legs, right? We saw him smash on that nasty straight ankle against Jackson Soldier mm, at Nogi Pants last September. Ankle, yeah, yeah. Right, and he always he also like think the thing about Tex is being a, such a big guy. It always surprised me about how good he is from bottom because training with a lot of lighter guys in Unity who are really good at playing the Baron Bolo game and inversions and stuff. That like, he was so good at getting underneath his opponents. Yeah, he's got crazy legs. He's right? super flexible and he's a guard uh, guy. In the gi, yeah. he does a lot of those tornado sweep style setups too, where yeah. he also inverts back to a triangle. You know, Texas got a, a pretty agile guard for a big guy. So actually, I, I think I see him uh, opening up that game a little bit, and Craig looking to pass. That's that's my mm. prediction for the match. I think Craig's been working the passing game. And Didn't I, expect to see yeah. Craig wrestle with Mateus Denise either, right? Mm. He looked good though. He looked like he'd been working yeah. on it. He looked like he definitely unveiled some some new tricks. I think. Or, or he had that Gordon style foot sweep thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. Gordon was using that at ACC twenty seventeen to pick up the single leg. That was really cool. So interesting. Um, and then, uh, what else we got on Kasai? Well, I mean, we got a ton, man. Matthias Lutz is back. Uh, took a little time off, injured his knee a couple of months ago, but he's back and he's got a, um, a match against that uh, baby monster, mm-hmm. Valdir Araujo, the guy from Fight Sports, who, the dark horse who came into the Kasai Pro 5 tournament yep. not so long Same ago. Same term as Tex. Yeah, that was, yeah, he was a tough guy in that event. He didn't have a great, lot of success, but man, he was impossible to do anything he's to. rock solid, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I, know, yeah. And I know a lot of this, the fight sports guys say, you know, kind of just wait to see this guy kind of open up. Yeah, so. right. And then, uh, I like this match as well. I want to highlight this one. Man Shakira, mm. aka Munchie, is going to go up against Enrico Coco. That's a really, really interesting match. And Enrico Coco, obviously a South Florida guy, Great Nogi specialist, multiple-time ADCC veteran. Munchie, again, also a, a, an ADCC veteran. Uh, both Kasai Pro tournament um, veterans as well. They competed in the first ever Kasai Pro, but they were opposite groups, and they didn't face each other. So it's the first time they're ever competing. 
No, interesting. Yeah, it's a fun match. I love watching both guys compete, especially Enrico Coco. I feel like he's so slick. Um, and he brings a lot of unorthodox looks to the table and just lays it all on the line. He's a, he's a great pro show kind of fighter. Yeah, he's got a fun style. I totally agree. I like, I like watching his style of grappling. It's fun. And Munchie's been having a lot of success in uh, all kinds of areas of martial arts. I saw him win a kickboxing match uh, yeah, seems like he's earlier really... this year, pursuing the MMA stuff as well. Yeah, he's moving that direction. Two or three yeah. uh, kickboxing yeah. matches now, I think. I think he's like 3-0 or something. Did a beast. Toes, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, but you know what? What I think is cool about this uh, Kasai is they got a lot of those uh, those South Florida MMA fighters on there. You know, I've always been a big uh, MMA fan, so it's cool to see um, some of those some of those uh, names that that train out of the um, American Top Team or Black Sands old old team. You know, I know you got Jay Z Calvacante, Glayson Tebow on there. I was really excited to see um, Charles Oliveira. Uh, on there, he's he's somebody who's um, always had some of the best jiu-jitsu in the UFC. I think. John Lineker is also on the card. John Lineker, which yeah. is a, a crazy, crazy um, guy to have in there. So I like that they that they went out and they went after those um, those MMA fighters for, from the area. I think that's uh, you know MMA versus jiu-jitsu always an interesting battle. So I'm glad to see some of those guys come out there, put it on the line. Yeah, it's Boogie versus Glace and Tebow, which is a crazy match. It's a crazy match. Absolutely man. crazy. Shout out Rich Martinez. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's great. I like seeing Richie in action as well because he has such that unorthodox creative submission game. You never mm. know what he's going to do, right? Yeah, 100%. Hit that spectacular armbar at Kasai Pro 2, I believe, in the uh, in the 185-pound tournament. That's one of the baddest Baddest ass submissions I've ever seen. <laughs> he had one of my favorite matches from West Coast Trials, too. He's always in fun matches. Yeah, he, he definitely lays on the line. Yeah. And then two days uh, two days later, there's actually a, uh, an event. Don't want to sleep on this one either. We've got Jits King Tampa. It's the, uh, it's the first Jits King event. It's taking place in Tampa, Florida, just two days uh, after the Kasai Pro. It's on July 6th. And, uh, man, this is kind of an interesting. This is like a, you know, a, a strong local event in the in the Florida scene. Um, but you've got some big names coming in to compete on this. Uh, notably, two ADCC trials. Actually, excuse me, three ADCC yeah. trials winners. You've got John Combs, who won 77 kilogram at the uh, ADCC West Coast Trials. He's going up against Dan Martinez uh, in the main event. I believe he got um, bronze at, um, or maybe silver? Silver or bronze at uh, East Coast Trials. That's right. Nick Rodriguez, the uh, the, the man mountain himself, uh, the over 99 kilogram uh, West Coast Trials winner, has got a, a, a match against Jason Reyes. Uh, Jason Reyes, he's a fight sports guy, is that right? Or... No, wait, Henzo. I'm not sure, to be honest. No, no. Damn it. Oh, uh, I could be mistaken. But I do know that he's jacked as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> two jacked guys going at two it. Two jacked guys. Got to be like that. And then uh, we got a rematch, actually, because uh, Amanda Levy, who won the over 60 kilogram uh, West Coast Trials, uh, she did that by beating Maggie Grindati, the brown belt from Fight Sports. And uh, they're going to rematch right here on Jits King. So I think that's really interesting because, um, you know, Maggie obviously is fighting out of cy- Cyborg's uh, gym, Fight Sports in, in Miami. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, she'll obviously want to roll that back because remember Amanda hit that kind of like the... Is that one of those ones when you're in the clinch and you kind of drop back into the guard, but you Super slap sick. the armbar mm-hmm. on at the exact Super same sick. time? Yeah, really, really nice submission. So. It's also a pretty sweet 16-man, uh, 165-pound tournament at that same event. It's got Enrico Coco's back on the card. William Tackett's on there. Uh, a bunch of great guys from, from Florida as well. So uh, really Jason excited Hayden. to see a, a brand-new event, kind of bringing it to the table, some, some fun stuff there. It's interesting because that 165-pound tournament, it's a mix. It's purple, brown, and black belt together. Mm. And we were talking about this, you know, I was talking about this a lot in the gym, actually, uh, last week with, uh, with one of my training partners. And we were talking about the difference between gi and no gi and about how, you know, 
a purple belt can actually have a lot of success against a black belt in a no-gi scenario. But you really see that in the gi, right? This, it, the, the definitions between the belt, they seem to just fall away in the no-gi, right? I mean, look at a guy like Matthias Lutz. He's a brown belt. He's a world-class brown belt. Mm. And he goes head-to-head with some of the best black belts in the world. And it's not unusual to see a good, really good purple belt in, the, in no-gi go up against a solid black belt and actually do really well, right? I think it's just the opportunity to do so. Like at Spider, for example, where we see, I think, one of the only tournaments that allows mixed colored belts uh, or mixed belts in a gi level. Purple, brown, there and are, black so, together, There are some right? winners at the brown belt level. You know, we saw uh, Jonathan Alves beat uh, Paul Miao and, and Jamil, both black belts, and he was a brown belt at the time. So I think the degrees between, you know, pr- pro grapplers, professional grapplers, gi and no gi, is so small, you know. And I think if if guys in the gi were given more opportunities to hone their game against black belts in the gi, they might win more. But because that's so slim, uh, I think experience w- w- wins out more of the time. I want to give a shout out as well to Victor Doria, who's watching on our uh, live stream. He actually just giving me the heads up that yes, Jason is from Fight Sports. So nice. thank you, Victor. Nice. I appreciate you letting me know. <laughs> he, had big, he had a big win over at Third Coast, right? That was it. Yeah, yeah, man. Him and Raul had a great match there. Uh, it was I, awesome I really enjoyed that whole fight sports contingent out there. Oh know? man, like there's so a, many of them, right? Group out there, and, and they all went after it. They always bring the squad, man. They're fun, yeah, fun yeah. guys. There was there was Victor, Durino, Wagner, and Cyborg, and they're all competing together. That yeah. was that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, shout out! I'm looking forward to hitting up uh, Kasai as well because you know the fight sports guy is going to be out for that too. So they always bring a great energy when they compete, right? Anyone seen Cyborg riding through the the desert in Egypt uh, by the pyramids? Uh, Horseback, so like, so bad. That was insane. Yeah, <laughs> he's in Egypt right now. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what a man! Damn, that guy is such a cool I, 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 I do agree that it's crazy. Like looking at that um, Jits King uh, sixteen-man bracket or whatever. Like t- to me, it feels like I feel like you got to get um, William Tackett as like the favorite. What? Or oh. one of one of the favorites. It's a bold statement. And he's, and he's a purple belt. And he, <laughs> going up against black belts. Well, I mean, I obviously. I well, think, no, I know you're hot on William. Why? Why? What's the big deal about William? For those who don't know. Well, I mean, I've just I've just seen him a, a lot recently. He had a great performance at the, especially Nogi. You know, I've been watching him a little bit. I remember first seeing him um, beat Heron Gracie in. Um, in uh, like worlds or something, the absolute division, right? Heron oh, was, wow. like, okay. was, like, w- was like way bigger than him, a juvenile blue belt. And I remember catching him there. And um, since, you know, he, especially at, at Nogi, he's just excelled. Uh, he had a great showing at um, the East Coast Trials. Then he came back, had a great showing at the West Coast Trials. And this is why I say he's one of the favorites of this tournament because I envision Rico Coco being one of the favorites in that tournament. But then I say that because... William Tackett's already beat William uh, Enrico Coco. So he already holds a win really? over him. At, when did that happen? At, uh, West Coast Trials. Wow, that's right. I completely blanked on that he, one. He beat him. That's and incredible. Then, and then uh, Enrico dropped down to the um, to the third place match. He ended up winning the third place so match. So wait a sec, remind me now, but William hit the podium on both East and West Coast Trials or... Um, East Coast is, is escaping me. Uh, I think he might have gotten bronze I on the East Coast Trials. Bronze, bronze yeah. East Coast. Um, Damn. It's something special, right? So yeah, so yeah, I've, and he's young, seventeen years old. He went up against a brown belt at Third Coast, right. um, submit, submitted him. Uh, what looked like you know fairly easily. So yeah, definitely, I'm definitely high on that guy. And, and not to disrespect any of the brown or, or black belts on that Jits King thing, but man, the the purple belt is is surging. Yeah, it is. Wow, that's impressive. So and I would uh, love to see Enrico should, versus William round two. That would be a great match. It was a really close match the first time around. Yeah. I we should that. hit those guys up, right? They're right here in Austin. Brazilian Fight Factory. They, they, they've North been inviting Austin. Reed and I to train, and I've been ducking them as much, <laughs> as, much as possible. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. Out of town right now. 
<laughs> as I said here in the office. <laughs> <laughs> but they have got some yeah, good guys, right? Because they've sure. got they've got make it happen. Cody Steele's up there, mm-hmm. and, and and I believe Jordan Holy. He's he's up there as well, or Jordan Holly. He's. I think I, I've seen them train together. Yeah, I'm not sure okay. if they full time, but I believe they do train together. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, pretty powerful squad up there. We should definitely uh, definitely try and swing by. Yep. So. I live in South Austin. I live in North Austin. And might as almost well be, different states. Might as well be yeah, a different state. Super far. <laughs> super far. <laughs> it is a long way. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, what else we got uh, coming up? Of course, there's the uh, the the summer is pretty stacked. We got this subversive event coming up as well, right? Subversive two, which is uh, kind of being produced by the uh, the uh, the fight to win guys. You know, we um, we saw the last one. Oh, that was like last September, I want to say, right? Yeah, last September it in was. LA, yeah, yeah, and right, you guys yeah. went along to that one. So, um, just explain exactly what subversive is, because it's a little bit different to some events that maybe people are familiar with, right? It's a team event, um, you know, it's it's um, last time they, they had four teams, um, you know, 10th Planet was in there, um, Carlson Gracie was in there, TLI, Team Lord Irvin was in there, um, you know, so they had four teams and they and they battled it out basically, um, you know, kind of a semi-final and final um, uh, scenario and uh, yeah, man, you know, I think team, you know, we all know how, how important teams are in Jiu-Jitsu or, or Maybe you have an opinion on that if you're Keenan, but, um, <laughs> but you know teams are a big thing in in jujitsu and uh, and anytime we can you know kind of um, get grapplers like a dual meet in wrestling type mm. of type of thing type yeah. of uh, idea you know like I think that's a that's a fun that's a fun idea. I think uh, at Subversive Two coming up there they're loosening the the team concept right. slightly. Last time was actual you know members from Tenth Planet, actual members from TLI. Now it's I want to say like. Um, uh, professional teams like teams that are, are sponsored kind so like, of yeah I mean, like a they, coffee team they and do like have 10th planet team. there is 10th planet is competing and okay, they, they bring in so they bring mix. in yeah they bring in geo and they got richie and kyle bohm is back and uh, elvira Koppinen who had that breakout she's the the finnish grappler who from adcc beat mckenzie dozen yeah. mckenzie dozen at 2017 adcc um, but yeah, you're right. There's, for example, there's the Red Bowie team. Um, I believe they're a CBD company, you know, sponsoring a lot of athletes now. So they've hustled together. <laughs> Look, check out this team, Red Bowie team. Joao Miao, DJ Jackson, Ronaldo Jr., Gustavo Batista, and Luisa Montero. I mean, it's a savage team. That's a tough team. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a tough team to beat. <laughs> yeah, right? But that's cool because it's Unity, Stroke, Cicero, Costa, TLI, and Atos all kind of uh, together. So I, I like that one. And um, and it is just uh, I believe it is just two teams this time. Whereas uh, the oh, last really? subversive event it was four teams, right? Okay. You had ooh, who do you have? You had TLI, Tenth Planet, Carlson Gracie, and Catch CSW. That's right, CSW. Yeah. And this time it's just the two teams: it's Red Bowie versus Tenth Planet, and then just an absolute stacked undercard as well. You got like you know guys like Kevin Casey's going to compete on there, and. A lot of uh, Victor Silverio and Kawan Barboza, Thomas Keenan. So it's a, a lot of really, really solid um, talent from the from that area. Nice. I, I love team stuff. Yeah. I, I'm a little bit on the fence about pro teams. You know, I, I feel like it just becomes a series of super fights of really good guys, and the team element sort of drops off a What's little wrong bit. With that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not upset by it, but like, I, I love the idea of people representing their flag. You know, like this is a yeah. guy, these are the guys I train with every day going head-to-head with another group of guys that train together every day. No, but fair point, fair point. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more of these team events now as well because I think, actually, you just mentioned exactly what Quintet kind of got a lot of heat for, right? Because Quintet's five versus five, that whole kind of winner-stays-on vibe. Mm. But they weren't traditional teams per se, right? They were kind of like, how do you want to... 
I don't know, like super groups, right? Yeah, it was I'm kind of like teams. I don't know. But I, yeah. I, I love Quartet, though. But you know what I mean? I mean it was like yeah, Alpha yeah. Male had like Gordon in it from here and this guy from there. Who had never was... trained at Alpha Male. Like Gordon never trained at Alpha Male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to say. Maybe they met at like yeah. Muscle Farm or something or hung out, but. Honestly, though, yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll put my hand up. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. There I actually know. think it's awesome because sometimes teams are really well represented at certain weight classes and mm-hmm. they just don't have anybody at, let's say, True. 200 pounds or above, True. right? And I think if you want to put together a solid squad, then, um, you know, by, you know, maybe like a, a kind of a brand bringing together some athletes that they all sponsor, I think that's awesome. And I think it opens up the possibility of seeing some really intriguing matches that we wouldn't necessarily otherwise get. But we'll see how it plays out. Subversive 2 is coming up on, um, when is that coming up? Uh, Soon. Mid-July, I want to say. Yes. Um, to put a specific date on it. <laughs> <laughs> July 13th. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yes, there it is. July 13th. And it's going to be live on flowgrappling.com, as is usually the case. Yep. So we kind of wrapped up a little bit uh, the the GI IBGGF season, you know, but just when you think that there's a lull in the action, um, we've got a packed summer of huge events. And American National is happening right now as we speak. You guys can tune in at this very moment and watch American Nationals today, tomorrow, and Saturday. Uh, The first quasi-large IBJJF event of, of Sense Worlds, so some good names in there for the sure. new season. We could see a really interesting match, actually, um, because this uh, Marcio Andre and uh, Kennedy Maciel are oh, signed up. Excuse me. <coughs> they both signed up in the featherweight division, but I've got an exclusive. I can drop right here on air because if that doesn't happen at American Nationals this weekend... It has just been announced. July 20th, Fight to Win 118 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we have got Kennedy Marcial versus Marcio Andre in the main event. Oh, there we go. Boom. Scrimmage. There we go. And uh, Wait, Where is it? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Random for those two guys to go out there, but I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's actually it's great. Um, Pack them. Yeah, I, that's a really intriguing match. Uh, Kennedy, of course, you know, is... Had this really interesting year, right? He was a bit of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. He had some 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 bad results. He had some great results. Same with Marcio Andre, really. Yeah. yeah, both Again, guys yeah. have been up and down. So maybe this is kind of who can who can get started, who can get on a roll. You know, it's a lot on the line. Never seen Kennedy submission only either. We've seen Marcio do fight to win before, right? He's done right. a couple times. Yeah, he's done a couple now, right? He had a he had a good match. <coughs> Excuse me. He had a good match in I think it was January this year when he uh, he actually faced Mateus Gabriel mm-hmm. in uh, and and that was that was an amazing match. It was really really good. It was like flying submission attempts and all sorts. Um, but then of course Mateus came out of nowhere and you know and then they had the rematch rematch in the World, world Championship world finals. finals. Yeah. So let's see. Should be a lot of fun. Oh, guys, it's been interesting. It definitely feels like we're going into no-gi season, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I'm getting so excited, man, on Instagram, seeing everyone get ready for ADCC. JT Torres is working out hard. Orlando Sanchez is tossing around people. <laughs> you know, it's The vibe is coming. I'm already excited. A lot excited. of these guys have already started their training camps. Mm-hmm. I know that Josh Hinger, is, uh, he was telling me that they started their uh, ADCC camp, uh, him and Andre Galvao, July 1st. Sweet. July 1st. That is like all of July, all of August, and majority Most of September, September as well. It's a, it's a long-ass camp. Big question over Gordon, though, right? Because, you know, I spoke to him at Third Coast Grappling just after the announcement of him and Felipe. And um, <clears throat> I don't want to say that he cast doubts on his participation. But he's he very was very He was very frank about, listen, I may not be able to do any of it. I may not be able to do the heavyweight Grand Prix in August. I may not be able to do ADCC. I may not be able to do Felipe. Everything depends on if I can do a real camp with my knee. 
Yeah. Fingers crossed. I'd like fingers crossing, we're, all, we're all praying <laughs> over here. Crossing my fingers on a shamrock, touching wood at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> doing everything I possibly can. Oh, it would be it would be a real detriment if, if um Gordon wasn't in there. You know, of course he's a, a champion from from 2017. So yeah, wishing him a speedy recovery and, and hopefully that uh, he'll be back. Ah, speaking of Josh Hinger, he just popped on the live stream right at the end. You're too late, Josh. Unfortunately, you're going to miss it because we're about to wrap up the show. We already talked about you. I'm not going to talk about you anymore. So, well, Josh is a big, famous podcaster now, so he's going to... He's gonna. Uh, Ooh, I like that show, though. It's <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah. it's awesome. It's been fun. Yeah, that is true. Awesome. Well, guys, it's uh, been a lot of fun. And um, should we go trade some nogi? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I like my well, I like my pajamas. Leave that to the pros. Oh, speaking of pajamas, uh, guys, check it out if you haven't already. Because Chase just put up an awesome video with oh, Eddie yeah, and Ajmi, right? Uh, yeah, just dropped another episode of Fix My Game. We talked about it a little bit last week when Edwin was on the show, but it's uh, basically a private lesson with Edwin where we, we roll around a little bit and then uh, discuss technique and how he can fix some of the things that I do that are bad and also maybe how I can adopt some of the things that Edwin's really good at. So we spent a lot of time on Darce chokes, which I'm pretty sure he finished me like 30 times with the Darce. Uh, the steam lock was another area of focus, so a lot of good stuff in there. If you guys haven't seen it, it's like 30 minutes of just pure jiu-jitsu goodness. Man, i got to say, those yeah. steam lock details were... I've already finished a couple guys in the gym with it, and I never oh. tap people, so <laughs> it works. It definitely works. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. <laughs> oh, I just name-dropped him a little bit. My bad. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, guys, <laughs> perfect time to put an end to this. Uh, no show next week because we're going to be in Florida July 4th for uh, Kasai Super Series. It should be a lot of fun. But we'll be back See you there. very soon with another episode of Fistful of Colors. Peace. <laughs>